Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Empire of the Sun podcast. My name is Kevin Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. He's back. I can do the intro the right way. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. As always, once again, but unlike the last few weeks, I'm good. Better than a lot of people around these parts. Suns fans, I have a question for you. Um, the Suns' magic, gusto, everything that made them such a great basketball team completely disappears. Right when Kevin turns out to leave, uh, what did you do with it? Who helped you steal it? Tell us everything right now. I argue that criminal, it wasn't criminal. Me. We will put you on trial. I was around for the Pell's series. <laughs> I don't think it was there then. I, I know people are really depressed right now listening to this. I'm sorry. Uh, trying to be a little bit lighthearted to start because this is going to be a difficult podcast for us to do because as it has been difficult to talk about this team for the last three weeks, four weeks. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to this team. I have no idea. Uh, they just lost 123 to 90 in Game 7 of the second round against the Dallas Mavericks. Their season is over. It is over in a completely unimaginable and shocking way. Even if they weren't able to get to their their prowess, let's say, yeah. of being the best team in the world in this game, the level of the, the complete absence of a fight shown in this game was mind-blowing and mind-boggling, and it is one of those instances where... However you want to have opinions about this game, about the way this season ended and all that kind of stuff, there's obviously, you can always take things too far, but you can take it a lot farther than I would accept from my position going forward because just the way that this all unfolded the entire game, I barely watched the second half. To be honest, I was just mostly writing, trying to really nail down what I wanted to say, which I believe I did. We'll see. You can read it on AirsonSports.com and tell me if I did. But this is... um, it's, it's hard to believe. If you can't tell, by the way, I'm stammering around it, and I don't know if I sound shocked, but I am completely and utterly shocked. Um, more, okay, that's where I want to start. Yeah. Are you more shocked that the season ended in this way over the last couple of weeks, or if the season ended like this in Game 7 specifically? What is more surprising to you? I'm more surprised how it ended today because I think – there was something to be said about, and this is why we can't, I, this is just me speculating about human nature and that crap, where last year that team looked like they had an edge, right? Throughout the playoffs, they looked like they had an edge this regular season, that same edge. They were mad. They were motivated. They hardly had bad games. And then... Four, they, I think we counted. I think yeah. we counted at the end of the regular season, it was four, and they just played just four. They, they had four in this series, and they had four in the entire regular season. Yeah, so I think I don't know if that's a hubris. I don't know. Or like Expectations? Like what? We're, or we're trying to we, – we have this pressure on us. We're trying to get somewhere that we didn't go last year, and then you're just looking too far ahead. Like I don't know if it's any of that because they've been so good about taking – like shutting out all the noise and – being heaped praise upon them and still being pissed off at the world yeah oh that's a great way of putting it and i don't know why that just like suddenly left them 
We don't like speculation on this podcast, Kevin. We don't. We um, have to, though. But Here. moments like this caused me to speculate, like, it, was there a moment of dysfunction that happened in this locker room a couple weeks ago or something? That's seriously what I have to ask, and uh, there's yeah. no way to... Let's end the discussion there. We're not going to go any further on that. But it is the type of thing that I have to say after what I just watched, because I, I don't know. Um, we, as expected, post game from the players and the coaches didn't get much of an answer. I was expecting, I think the way that me and uh, someone was talking about it before, with like three minutes left in the game, I'm already in the post-game uh, room and everything, getting ready, as, as I tend to do during blowouts, and I was just saying, game six of the finals, that was heartbreak. Like That, that, that was heartbreak that they were going through, and I expected this to be more of anger. Um, I did not feel the anger from them. I know that they're all extremely pissed about it, uh, and more so. I would really like to believe that they're more pissed off than heartbroken. Mikel was still really heartbroken. Cam was as well. It, it came through for both of them. But, yeah, I think the we, we didn't get much from post game. We heard they're going to come back better than ever next year. They're going to use this as fuel, all that uh, mumbo-jumbo, which doesn't uh, do squat for, for what we're seeing in front of us right now. The possession that I brought up to someone when we were talking post-game, Kevin, was there was like a Mikel play where he caught it in semi-transition or transition and drove right into three Mavericks at the basket and just chucked up a layup and kind of had to fade away from it and then wasn't really that close. And in my head, I was like, they're, they're going to lose this game. I don't know how much they're going to lose this early, game by. Right? That was one of the first couple possessions yeah. of the game. And in my head, I, I told myself, they're going to lose. I don't know how much they're going to lose by, but they're going to lose because – a player like him who is so in rhythm, who is so mistake-free, doing something, to just be fair here, as stupid as that, for a player panic. like Mikel Bridges to panic, to press, to try and do too much. This team never does that. Kevin, I can't... I got to go back to Earl Watson or, or Igor probably to see a game that... I can't do that, though, because the way I phrased it in the recap... I can't remember seeing Devin Booker in an important game, important game, press for shots the way that he did at the start. I've passes never even and passes. I've never seen him too urgent because he is always in flow. That is why he is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. I can just say that as a basketball fan, just with how in rhythm he is, how he does everything to the beat of his own drum, yada yada, never too high, never too low is like a catchphrase for a, a moniism that he actually applies to just his game. The the tune, the fine-tunedness to his game, it was completely gone for him. And guess what, Kevin? It's a lot easier to trap Devin Booker when you know Chris Paul can't take advantage of it on the other side. And there was a possession, again, we're talking first quarter, it might have been second, where Book had it on the left wing, trapped, swung it to Chris Paul on the right wing, and he just stood there with the ball for like three seconds, didn't do anything. And I was like, oh, boy, oh, they are going to lose this game hey. by a lot of points now. I, I, was, I wasn't sure by how many before, but now they're going to lose it by a lot. It, I, what happened? I don't – what – I don't know. I, I'm it's, I'm at a loss. It's crazy because people are gonna like, like I, everyone kind of overblames someone, right? Like I've been critical of Monty Williams this whole playoff run. It's not all his fault. When Aaron Holiday really would have helped tonight, Kevin. Yeah, I'm it, I'm kidding. It, I mean, Chris Paul's injury, you can blame yeah. him. Yeah. The roster, you can blame that on James. Like. There were so many things that went wrong, <laughs> and we talked about it the Pelican series before I went on leave. Like, they got bailed out by really good players who we know are really good players, and that's still a fact. And it just wasn't there. And I don't. Uh, another theory, if you want to throw that out there, is they just 
long playoff run, quick turnaround. 82 games where the starters are being run pretty hard, and Monty, like, this is another thing he took blame for. Two seasons, we talked about this a lot, two seasons unlike any other season, and, and the example of the guy that I kept bringing up, so this is the third season, and then and so it was three seasons in a row like that. Yeah. Jay Crowder was a guy we I always brought up on the podcast who, he plays the bubble year with the Heat, quick turnaround to the Suns year last year, and then they have a quick turnaround again this year. Now they're back on a regular calendar, but the, but that is a really good point. Sorry, but, but go on. Yeah, I mean, is that part of the, the when we say the effort didn't look like it was there for so many games and it's just they're slow because they're just worn down like there are just so many different ways you can take this um how about the fact that there's just a clear blueprint to beat this team because i'm thinking about when we have like a three-day turnaround to the western conference finals i gotta start thinking about how to like preview a series against the warriors and my one my my main piece was going to be on there is a blueprint to beat this team now press chris paul up the floor crash the offensive glass shoot threes and the Warriors were going to do that in – and, again, to something that you and I talked about um, with Devin Booker and, like, his injury and stuff, boy, was it clear that that overarching point that I made, I think, three or four – I think that was after game four where I said, like, I hate to be bold and, like, put the hot take hat on and all that kind of stuff. But if they lose in the first or the second round, they were never going to win the championship anyway, yes. regardless yeah. of people's injury status. No, yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Paul's – left quad injury it is it's being reported by mark j spears that he has a left quad injury they they if he has a completely healthy quad they're still not winning the championship this year unless for some reason that left quad is the thing that started all of what we're watching which again i don't know like i'm not gonna okay the last time i tried to make a dumb comparison like this i talked about someone pooping on the floor so i'm not gonna do that again (laughs) but like i'm just trying to kind of figure it out and i think to what you're saying, I thought Sam Cooper had a really, really good tweet, and it is really, really hard. I got, I got to be honest, for Suns fans to have really good tweets right now because yeah, of yeah. everything they're going through emotionally, rightfully so. I'm not saying that as a dig, but he had a tweet where he said, and and they were the guys who made continuity a meme. Him and Mike on the timeline, or uh, yeah, on the on the timeline. Are they? The t- my brain's dead. <laughs> I haven't had a day off in a month, guys. I'm sorry, but I'm about to have one in, in a day or two, though. How about that? Um, he's they've made a meme out of continuity, and he said. Like James Jones stood pat mostly at both of these deadlines for continuity, and continuity just blew up in their freaking yeah. face, Kevin. It blew up so huge in a like laughable Michael Bay esque way with how it exploded. Like just terrible. I mean, yeah, I, I think the playing Javale off the floor and you're suddenly changing the team's rotation. Right, that's a big one just that I did the math and if I did it correctly it was they were a deficit of average 14 points per game from three through the seven game series and so that's analytics but like the Mavs did a really great job taking book and CP out of even the mid-range and then uh, we've hammered this so many times but when you don't have a team that can get the mid-range shots because of the scheme when you don't have guys who can dribble downhill and get to the bucket they invite Jay Crowder to basically take any shot he wants. Everyone's getting mad at Jay Crowder, and it's like this is the way the offense is designed, to yeah. have no weak links. So when Jay Crowder is the weak link that Dallas picks, it's like he's going to take six shots in the first quarter, and it's just a matter of if he makes those shots, if he makes the right decisions out of them. And gosh, just to go back to like how just nervous they clearly were the yeah. amount of turnovers like on transition passes and stuff just he had a couple and it's, they were forcing pushes I know outlet passes Crowder has a negative connotation but he's an incredibly smart basketball player and some of the turnovers that he had tonight I was like 
the guy who has been nails like in his career. That is what I know him as. As a guy being just rock solid. I just no one played well. Yeah. No, I was going to ask you that. Do, do you think anyone didn't play badly? I think Ish everyone. Wainwright. I think yeah. I think everyone who played in the game before it was over played badly. Yeah. Played very badly. I, I should have prefaced this at the top. I don't think it's – if people want to do this, you're free to do it. Uh, free will, America, the red, white, and blue. We're red-blooded Americans, Kevin. We're allowed to do what we want. <laughs> if you're doing it internationally, take your freedom there as well. Good for you. I don't think it's responsible to sit here tonight and talk about DeAndre Ayton's future with the Suns and everything else that could happen in the, in the offseason. We are not going to do that tonight. We'll, we'll, kind we'll of, get to it. We'll kind of get around to it, but – we are going to talk about it next week and just more of off-season questions. But the way that I ended my recap tonight, my last game recap of the year, um, was that this team made you feel certain in a way that no other Suns team has in franchise history. That is why I think they were the best, because they were the most consistent. Yeah. And they were just, you were certain. You knew what you were getting every night, the effort you were getting, the ball movement you were getting, the defensive pressure that you were getting, the ability of five to six, seven, eight guys, the, the knowing that if Mikel Bridges isn't going, that means Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder is going to have a big night. If Chris Paul isn't going, that means Devin Booker is. If Devin, if DeAndre Aiden's like hurt, if Bismack Biombo's not even on the team yet, and JaVale McGee's not hurt, guess what? Jalen Smith's going to step into the starting lineup yeah. for two weeks and play really well. That is the thing that happened this season. Certainty. All this team <laughs> gave us was certainty. And now, after what just transpired, we've Lots got uncertainty all over the place. Can and I, it goes with the off-season decisions that we'll talk about more next week. But just you, there, there's so much uncertainty here now. And it's, it's, it's you, bizarre, dude. It's yeah. nuts. This, I don't know if this is a better question for later when we've marinated in this result. Is that the right word? Sure. Um, but I don't think I've I even gotten in the tub yet of like <laughs> said marinade. I just picture a tub of marinara sauce for marinating. Oh. I know that's not the way it goes. That's not a good image. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. I haven't been on marinating, but, but if, go on. Let's say they get, let's say they squeak to this one out. They go to the Warriors series. Let's say they lose in like five or six games to the Warriors. In the next round, do you think that changes like how much we're going to react to saying, oh, like, how is this offseason going to go? Do you think we're going to have as firm of stances, or do you think we'd be more like, let's run it back again, again? Or do you think. I do not Does think people anything? are going to react rationally to the way Chris Paul played in this series. No. I don't think they're going to react rationally to how much he means to this team because I believe, based on some of the stuff that I was seeing already, just talking about like land-shifting moves, and again, DeAndre's future is at the front of that, yeah. but to act like someone else is like Chris Paul, like I, that's what I wrote in there again, to go back to what I wrote. His future with the team should not be in doubt at all, Chris's, but... Should it be should it be up for debate that he's back? No. Should it be up for debate that he can carry this team equally like Devin Booker can? Yes, it can be up for, for sure, debate. Yeah. It absolutely can because this is the second straight postseason where he's had serious injuries come up. I I would assume yeah. the left quad injury is serious. Like you joked to me after the after we heard him in the in the press <laughs> conference room not Ducks tell us anything. Questions. We're gonna have to wait until JJ Redick has him on his podcast again to really break down how serious his injuries were. We're waiting on that one, JJ. We we love Old Man in the Three is a must. Listen to it. We'll wait on JJ to find that information for us. For the time being, he's back. He's got to be back. Um, But Do you think philosophy, though, like that? But does philosophy change? That's a really good way of putting it. I think it has to. 
Role players, I think, is the biggest one for me. Guess what, Kev? Guess what else? I don't know if I'm being a... Guess what else? Feeding a dead horse. I'm doing both my hands are over my head. They might want to do some some of that load management. They might want to do a little bit of that next time. Load management, drafting players, that's one thing that we could do. We'll talk about that later, but... If Chris Paul plays over 65 regular season games next year, it is borderline malpractice. Yeah. They've got to get him on like a... And again, this comes back to something that Dan Bickley's talked about a lot. It's like, who is making the decisions there? When Chris says he wants to come out, come back in the game, is Monty always telling him no? No. He's letting him get back in the game sometimes. There are times where Monty's telling him no. You're going to sit, and Chris listens, but will he rest for 20 games in the regular season? Like, he clearly should, because again, we're two straight years. Kevin, he had a month off with a thumb he had a month off to like rest basically and get How his many legs hand right. injuries we don't know and it didn't matter um apparently it was a quad yeah i don't know guess what devin booker should get days off these guys should get days off they were the one team in the league that didn't do this and i think it caught up to them i don't know if that's the exact reason why i don't think it's the exact reason why because there's a clear lack of mental that's physical yeah there's a clear lack of mental fortitude and focus that this team just Boom, out of thin air. But that magic trick is gone. It is related. I don't know, like, but only to a certain work. extent. Yeah. Only to a certain extent. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. the main reason why, which is what I'm saying. And lots the, of reasons. The main reason why, again, a JJ Reddick podcast maybe will break it. I don't know. It's just now. crazy how. And Monty Williams is like, we just happened to play our worst game of the season now in the most important game of your season. How many games is that? Thirteen plus eighty-two. It's almost 100 games. That's a lot of games, and it lines up perfectly where it's your last game that you need to win. That's why it's so why we're here being like. This team is, has made me crazy, Kevin, in the last week or so because I've been like, what's going on here? And it led me down the path of, okay, was it a fluke that they made it to the finals last year? I actually became that person for a minute. I was yeah. like, okay, was it a fluke they made? And I, was, and I was like, no, no, it wasn't. And then... Different team. To this year, the way that Dallas played tonight, holy smokes. It would not they have been... They did like, a lot. They looked like a really capable... Like, they are a deserving Western Conference finalist. I'm, like, squinting they are, and They thinking, are not, like, a team they... that, like, caught a break that the Suns were breaking down or whatever, and they got by them or whatever. It's, like, sure, that helped them along the way. But the way that they closed out this game tonight just... The way I phrased it was it was as ruthless as we've seen the Suns be. Like, if you want to compare the ruthlessness of, like, the games that the Suns had in the regular season compared to the ruthlessness that Dallas and Luka Doncic oh, yeah. and Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, I mean... When Jalen, when Spencer didn't, when he started hitting threes during that stretch where the game got down to like five or seven in the late first quarter, I was like, "Yep, that's game seven. Like that's yeah. that's exactly why you don't crap the bed in game six and game four and game three in portions of games." Well, yeah, one, they could have lost by three, well. and we would have been. I I think this podcast would be pretty much the same uh, as far as being bewildered. Yeah, even if they had lost by three, I'm not joking. Yeah, like, and I wrote it like I don't think. The, the score adds that much more surprise. Like, I've never seen an ass-kicking like that before, I don't think. But still, I think I'm shocked at With how With what mattered and what's on the line, I don't think I've seen a game like that before. No. I can't think of one. Of course, no, like, but I, I have the thread that I tweeted tonight of the differentials that they were losing by in the 2017-18 season. Um, <laughs> the worst basketball I've ever seen. 
that doesn't compare to this because there were different stakes involved. Like, this was actually real stakes. And again, they come out of halftime down 30, and there's just nothing. There's no little... This is going to make people mad, Kevin. When the Lakers' season was ending last year in the first round, you remember that run by LeBron for like nine minutes where he was trying absolutely everything, and it's like, I'm just going to dominate this game for nine minutes here and see how it goes. Yeah. They didn't really make that huge of a dent. I think they got within eight or 12 or 15 or whatever it was after that huge blowout. But that is what the Lakers showed in a similar situation where they were gobsmacked after a quarter and Devin Booker hit six threes or whatever it was in the first quarter. The Suns weren't capable of that tonight, which is crazy because the Lakers are a dysfunctional mess, and they were even last year. Um, so to not see that from this team, which is anything but dysfunctional in my opinion, uh, again, hard to describe or Ooh, figure out. Play of the game, and lots of people pointed this out because it was that shocking and striking was, I think it was after a timeout where it was like one of those early first half timeouts where it was bad already, but it was like, all right, you guys – Get you into shape, and they run a play out of the timeout that ended in a Biombo post-up with a dude on his back to tell you how bad it was going as far as execution. And that's a mental. And that's not even like, oh, they blew up our play, let's get to something else. That was just like, here's what we got. Biombo post-up, hook. Shout out Marquise Chris hitting a corner three. Ice cold. You, you it was it was incredible watching Luca do all the things the Suns do to other people. By the way, I would like to point that out. Is your phone wet? I don't know what's going there's on. There's a here. wet situation over here, and there's a laptop near the wet situation, so I don't as like said wet situation. Okay, uh, you're, okay. I think we're fine. I'm gonna form <laughs> a wall with my arm in case said wet situation. Stan Van way Gundy here. wall. There are electrical wires by me. I'll be fine if yeah. something happens. Nothing crazy. We don't need you for a few months. It's fine. I'm just kidding. So Marquise Chris hits <laughs> a corner three, which was just the. That was my last game tweet of the year, and I felt great about that because it was just ridiculous. And uh, for him, for him to have that moment was just everything coming around full circle to again the 2017-18 team, a member of the 2017-18 team on the other team, hitting that three. Is Brandon Knight still on? He's not still with the team or on their team, but he was on their team at some point last year. Of course, Reggie Bullock, a former Ryan McDonough great. Yeah. Um, wow, crazy stuff. Um, Luca was amazing tonight. Just the level of. I'm that guy, superstar yeah. stuff that you want to see. Book had it in game five. Luca had it in game six. Luca had it again. Um, he had it a lot. In game seven. He was the best player in the series, and it was not uh, particularly close, even though Book was really good in this series overall. Hey, he could have been teammates with... <laughs> I'm sorry. Ah, it's okay. I just had to throw that in there. Maybe it was too early for people to start tweeting me my Luca articles last year, but, you know... <laughs> Even if they were wrong then when they tweeted them to me. but you know. Excellent tweet of the night, though. Uh, retweeted by Jim Sharp. I don't know what message this is, but suns and moon eclipsed on the same night. Apparently there was an eclipse outside. Mm. Not much of an astrologist, Kev. I don't know what you're talking about, but... I'm Pisces. Cool for them. Oh, that's... Astro- yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Let's go back to that point. How <laughs> would you look back at this series from an individual perspective? Chris was hurt whatever um Devin was great and I don't think again if he's getting trapped and Chris can't move and then I talked about this with Dave Burns while you were uh gone stealing the soul of the Phoenix Suns like the Dementor that you are (sighs) blame me um 
Eric Gordon would have been nice to have in this series or any other ball handler that was better than Aaron Holiday because they got negative contributions from their backup guards in every single game except one. Uh, so then again, to that point, Devin Booker had to do everything. The quest for dribblemen continues, Kevin. Here we are, four years later, still looking for more dribblemen. Um, how do you evaluate the rest of the series for the individuals? Because I thought DeAndre was really bad in this series. He was, yeah, it was uh, beyond inexcusable the way that he played. He played 17 minutes in this game. Monty pulled him in the third quarter about three minutes in for Biombo. DeAndre did not like that. There was a little exchange between the two that I noticed. Uh, Mr. Orange on Twitter said that it was something to the effect of like Monty just saying, what'd you say to me? And then getting held back and all that kind of stuff. Uh, not great scenes there. Uh, and then Mikel. I, I thought Mikel was not good in this series yeah. either. And it, you know what's the weirdest part of this series for me? And I, this is me being a bit hyperbolic. I think I'm being a bit extra, but it's been weird criticizing Mikel Bridges in the series because I don't, I don't yeah. remember like criticizing his play before. I don't because he's he hasn't been one to warrant criticism, but he is one of the four best players on this team. He was not one of the four best players for the team in this series. I thought that he was not put in a, a great opportunity to do so defensively because of the way that they were switching so easily off of Luka Doncic. The way that Nikias tweeted it was really great was that when – Dallas was hunting, and we'll talk about Monty here in a bit. When Dallas was hunting Chris Paul, the Suns were just letting them. It's like soft switch, yeah. soft switch, here you go. When it was the other way around and they were hunting Luka, the Suns were, it's like, okay, we're going to hedge here, we're going to do this here, we're going to do that there. And then if you get there and, and get to sw- go on him, like, that's great. Um, Mikel was just not put in positions to dominate defensively the way that he could have in this series. With that being said, he did not really play that well defensively in the series either. Um, I thought it was really, really telling that Torrey Craig closed game six. Yeah. I talked about this with Dave Burns. This is going to be a repeat of what exactly I said last episode, but you'll enjoy this because I was sitting courtside. I saw Mikel Bridges walk this way, Torrey Craig walk this way, and I was like, where is he going? Oh. <laughs> what's, what's going on? And I looked Oof. at the clock, and I was like, oh. Oh. Oh, no. Oh. Wow. And again, to your uh, Darius Garland rule, whatever you want to call it, of, like, coaches knowing more than us, like, that's the Darius Garland where like they're like, oh man, he must be playing worse than I even think. Like watching yeah, him in, in that, doing that, yeah. In that game specifically, it was getting stuck on screens, allowing dribble penetration. That is something that um, victory lap for you for calling out dribble penetration is a problem for this team because the dribble men Brunson, Dinwiddie, and Luca they really got to the bucket a lot in this series. Even Dorian Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock were able to do it. Maxi Kleba took a dip in the pool every now and then. In or he that just regard, took a dip out to the three point line and DeAndre panicked and. Chased yeah. him off to let someone go down the lane for a layup. You, you have thoughts on the way DeAndre or Mikel played? Because uh, uh, just because I, I, I thought wasn't Mikel the... wasn't as bad as DeAndre, I don't want to lump no. them together. But I mean, the energy that DeAndre came out with tonight was just insane. Again, defensively, Mikkel... offensively, he was floating. It was crazy. I couldn't. I, it was it. a lot of the series, the last few games, where he did that thing where they put him in a couple actions, and he starts overthinking. Oh, I gotta get to Maxi. And then he runs when it should be someone else, and then someone just blows by everyone, and there's zero people in the paint for the Suns. And, and that happened way too often. I think it was game six, where it was just like, uh oh, that's DeAndre doing all the worst things that we've seen when he's having a bad night. I honestly can't tell tonight because it was just a bloodbath, so I don't. <laughs> 
I, don't I hardly even know. I hardly paid attention once I got to like I don't even know if it's all on I gotta him. Be honest. Yeah. Because it, it does matter the dribble penetration. There's no contain. What's he supposed to do other than like, okay, I'm I'm breaking rules to go maybe help and solve, put out a fire if I can. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's hard when these things start snowballing on a team like that is like I don't know how to put blame on people. Um but it wasn't good by like all of them, I'll say. Cam Johnson has not been the same since his quad injury. I don't know if that's related or not in terms of his play, but he hit a level this year where 18 points per game as a starter, I think it was, and we just didn't see that guy in either series. I don't know why, but we didn't. It might have to do with the quad. It might not. I don't know. I thought Jay Crowder was great in this series. It's really good. Those first four or no, five games especially, he was great. Was not good in game six, was not good tonight. That doesn't mean he wasn't good for most of the series. Uh, and then beyond that, there were no contributions. Lane Shaman had a great game five. Yeah. That's it. Campaign really, really struggled. Um, JaVale McGee really, really struggled. I thought Bismack Biombo even started to struggle in game six and seven once it yeah. was a. And this is where we'll pivot to Monty once it was like, oh, Bismack Biombo's in. Okay, we'll do this, this, and that instead of this, this, and that. And then that was that. Was that. Yeah. Um, some some soul searching to do for the coaching staff, I think, with adjustments because uh, Jason Kidd had a field day in this one. Credit to him, I yeah. he was like a laughing stock. Can we say that? Yes, nationally I, when he was hired, I laughed when he was hired. I laughed yes. out loud reading the tweet, and I was dead wrong. And about it's him crazy as a because yeah. like of how like he came as a micromanager. And they did not look like a micromanaged team. They looked like they were well coached. And he's kind of just like, okay, Luca, you go do the thing. We're going to have my defensive principles and beat the hell out of them. But on offense, it's pretty simple. Luca, go do your thing. There are shooters everywhere. His first year here, Luca shows up really out of shape. And then for the first 30, 40 games, he's like, screw it. You guys are going to be really good at defense, and then whatever, we'll figure out the rest after that. But it was clear, like, they are going to be good at defense right away. And, like, watching them, I think they played them in, it was like that three-game stretch in, like, late December, early January, where they played two or three, two times. I remember seeing them defend, and I was like, whoa, this is not Rick Carlisle's team. (laughs) I'm confused about how easy the, I think the Warriors will still win, but I think that's going to be tough. I think it goes at least six. And the Warriors aren't playing well, but... I I, I cannot wait for Maxi Kleba versus Kavon Looney minutes. You know how <laughs> I love my d- weird centers and how weird Forgotten every single one big. of them is. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's going to be great. Yeah, but Monty's got some stuff to figure out, man. Um, this was not a good series for him. Um, Too not good. By God, Kev, Jason Kidd put Frank Nielakeen in the rotation mid-series, and that little French boy thrived like he never has before in his NBA career. <sighs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah. They've got a lot to figure out because, again, their depth was fantastic all year, and then they had no depth for this entire postseason. I remember sitting in these same two seats with you after four games in the New Orleans series and uh, just saying, yeah, like the New Orleans has the better depth and it's not close. And then you said the thing after game three or game four. It was game three or game four. We talked about that after game five. Um, For game three or four you just said the simple thing like this is not as good of a team as they were last postseason it's not close Monty and Cam Johnson both when I asked them this kind of question said similar things where it's like you can't like compare teams and yeah. and that is completely fair 
but this is mostly the same group, so we have an idea of what to expect from them. And this was nowhere near uh, what we've come to expect from them. Uh, they to kind seem of, confused, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the way that I wrote it is that the worst thing could be if they are as clueless as we are in terms of what happened here. Because if they don't know, that's a huge problem. Like I said, you want to hope that something happened behind the scenes here. Or else, if, if it's just random and they don't know, that's, that's an issue. Um, the way I'll end it and the way that I wrote about it... Um, if people are clicking on my article and expecting me to really berate the team and, like, really get on them, I really don't do that until, like, 200 words in or whatever because, again, I go through, when seasons end like this, I go through, like, kind of, like, the personal effect. Um, and I actually listened back to our post-NBA Finals podcast, like, a couple weeks ago and what I talked about and what I wrote about, just, like, the heartbreak that they had and all that kind of stuff. Um, you and I, growing up as, as Suns fans, watched Steve Nash get made up for never winning a championship. We watched Charles Barkley get made fun of for never winning a championship. I have long said here that I'm a huge fan of what Chris Paul does, and it's crazy to me that his best shot at a championship ever, in my opinion, maybe he'll get one in the future, but for now, this has been his best shot without a doubt. I doubt he'll get one as good as this. I'm not going to say it's entirely like he won't ever get a shot as good as this, but it's very likely he won't. Um to have his best shot in like that is 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 insane um to have jay crowder's best shot probably at a championship and like that is insane again just like a tremendous glue guy anyone would want on their team you just look at the way like he interacts with the guys on memphis still like jaw talks about him like he's he was an older brother for him and he was there for a year yeah um half a year maybe right <clears throat> Something in, like indeed I, I don't I, yeah i don't think it was a full year i think you're right um and then you look at book you look at da you look at mikel you look at like cam johnson is this going to be their best chance at the championship? I don't know. But the other layer on top of this that didn't really get there until the second quarter, third quarter, is that this is their legacy now for now. This is either at the top of those five guys' legacy right now or it's right near it. For, Monty's included in there too. That they blew a 2 nothing lead and then got beat by, they were down by as much as 46 in the second half in their own building in Game 7, lost 4 of 5 to a Dallas Mavericks team, which is just one dude basically and a bunch of decent players. Um, that is going to be their legacy now for a while. It is what is going to be attached to Book's legacy, DA's legacy. Chris Paul has five 2-0 leads blown in his career. Hey man, no one like, else four, I think. I ever. hate I hate seeing those numbers because yeah. it, it really diminishes how great of a basketball player is and right. how he is arguably the best point guard that has ever lived, in my opinion. But uh, that is his legacy now. It, it just has to be. With, with how much has happened, I can't really deny it. And for it to happen to Book really, really sucks. But again, the way that he came out and the way this team came out, I can't feel sorry for him in any way that it's happening. The way that I felt sorry for him in the room after game six and being like, I probably we probably shouldn't be talking to these people right now during one of their worst moments of their life. <laughs> yeah. Like if, you think, if you're listening and think about the worst moments of your life and having someone press you with questions about one of the worst moments of your life unfolding right after it is happening, and it is still happening, and you hear it vibrating through the walls as Giannis celebrates with Malika Andrews on the stage interviewing him. Like, that's... That's that's really difficult to co- comprehend, but this is even more like just like cemented now, where it's like okay, what to like tease next week? Okay, can they make up for this? That's what this all becomes now. Yeah, can they make up for that? Because if they can't make up for that, that's what? all. This era of Suns, like the Chris Paul era, quote unquote, of the Suns, the Monty Williams era of the Suns, that is what they're going to be known for. They got to make up for it now. So now that's what this becomes about. I kind of touched on that too, where it's I didn't use the word honeymoon, but the honeymoon phase is over with Monty and it's James Jones too like everyone it's everyone all of them 
Um, Book probably is the one where you could see him being in another era era, I'd say. Um, He's the face of the franchise. He's going to be here a while longer, we would assume. Um, But they have tough decisions to make because they reset the expectation bar and people take them seriously now. People know how money coaches now. People know how Devin Booker plays now. Um, and, and what a lot of people are going to be talking about, what we're going to talk about next. Like, you can't uh, take the same identity, is what I'm saying, into the next. No, you can't. And then next year, as a lot of people are talking about tonight, we're going to talk about next week. The Clippers might be coming back at full strength. The Nuggets might be coming back at full strength. Um, who knows how the offseason is going to unfold? Because, again... I mean, NBA-wide, I, got, like, look, at the, look at who's left. I was going to say... They got lucky. You usually don't get this good of a window in terms of a parity because yes, I, I, mean. I told Dave Burns, and I'm going to say it again tonight, especially after what I saw tonight. Like I, I got, I get the benefit now of hindsight and seeing what Dallas did in Game Seven. I think Dallas can win the title this year. I think they you can. You might be right in the Heat thing that you were on. I don't know if you're still I, on that that we oh, talked yeah, about before the playoffs, yeah. but the Heat, heat now it's Heat like, six oh. in the next two series, baby. Oh. I'm calling it right now. Okay. Yeah, it's all about the Miami Heat right now. But like, that's why it's like the Heat didn't look like they had a good season. Whatever, they don't look that good. But the Warriors still lost. Well, Warriors had this type of loss. Yes, the just Warriors have four days ago. Kind of, Warriors have a little bit mirrored what the Suns. You had did. all this parity, and then again to go back to something from the off season when they made the Russell Westbrook trade, the Lakers did. I tweeted, I feel confident about the Suns being the best team in the West. There could have been a lot of different off seasons that unfolded where that couldn't have been the case. Yes. It could have gone a lot of different directions. Golden State could have re-upped with someone else. They could have gotten another star in there, another competent player in there, but they just went their draft route. They didn't trade Kuminga or Moody or any of those guys, Wiseman, whatever. Um, I don't think they're going to get that good of a shot next year. I can't. I cannot see it happening ever. Yeah. And then again, to that point, now we're talking two, three, four years, five years beyond that when Devin Booker's like 30. I don't know. I don't know if that good of a shot's going to come again. It depends on the team they put in front of them, but a lot of it has to do with the teams around you. Yes. And they had a golden opportunity, and they just let it fly away like this in such an unbelievably shocking fashion. That's why it hurts, too, if you're a Suns fan, I'm sure, because you kind of have that, like, if there was, like, if let's say the Nets had their threesome of Harden, Kyrie, Durant, healthy all year. They just blew through the league. They were healthy. Their role players are playing great. Let's say that happened, and this happened for the Suns. Maybe you'd be like, oh, I don't think they would have. Like, Milwaukee looked like a threat until Middleton gets hurt. They're gone. Boston's like, eh. Peyton Pritchard. Had the game today. Uh, Shout out Grant Williams. We loved him in the draft. We Jimmy Butler sometimes here. shoots threes. All right, they're a little dangerous. Uh, it could be a matchup problem. Warriors, obviously, I guess, are the one. I mean, like, if they were playing well, but they're, again, not. Yeah. You and I have got some catching up to do, pal. We have missed this D-back start to the season. Shouts to Tori Lovello. We've got some catching up to do. For getting this together. Looking at some ball. Well, oh. bud, we have done this now for, what, six? This is our seventh season? I think we've I done every every year of Booker's career. Maybe the second year he was here is Sounds when we correct. started the podcast, so this would be year six of the podcast. It has been a delight. You and I, for those listening, do never, ever, ever take for granted being able to do this. And I'm going to have a post on, Inst- on my own personal Instagram, and I post until next time at the end of every season because, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this again next year, man. Like, getting this grateful of an opportunity to cover an NBA basketball team. Like, you never know when you're going to be able to do this stuff. So, just know, listening, we do not take it for granted at all. 
you hear me complain about having days off or whatever before. That's just me complaining like anyone else would be complaining <laughs> about anything and me being a complainer the, the, with the complaining that I do. Um, but, again, we're just staring at the Valley Court right now, and this is it for the year. It's crazy. Thanks for being along for it, buddy. It's been fun. I appreciate you. Your work ethic is not to be... <sighs> Trifled? Trifled with. Yeah. And um, we appreciate everyone who listens and reads and all that stuff because uh, obviously our jobs don't exist if you don't consume our content. And if you're still listening at this point, we really do appreciate it because I know how hard it is for fans who are feeling very down and feeling very upset right now to hear us in a rather, I sound jovial borderline during this podcast, but I'm just... I'm emptying my gas tank right now because I was saving up a lot. I was saving up a lot for the conference finals and finals, and now I don't have it, so I might as well just use it tonight with all this energy I've got and make all my jokes that are dumb. So we appreciate <laughs> you guys, as always, seriously. Like I said, we'll be back next week. You and I were you were kind of trying to talk to me about like off-season looking ahead stuff, and like I don't know. We're going to have to take 48 hours here and kind of figure out what we're doing. But we'll have some stuff coming in the next week, and then uh, not much until free agency because – they don't have a draft pick, Kevin, so. <laughs> oh. None of that. Oh. All right. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Like we said, again, we really do appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk to you then. Goodbye.